When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. at the casino She lost all her money She said don't feel sorry for me Alright, welcome no. back to Ball Don't Lie Smooth Soul Monday When Patrick played this I literally said to, to Harge and Patrick This reminds me of my uncles Like when I go down to Louisiana There's oh, a good yeah. chance Something like this or sounding like this Or this very song is playing when he's sitting out in the yard, one of my uncles. I feel like Johnny Taylor's from Alabama. So I yeah, Johnny he's Taylor's an OG. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you. That's oh, why no. I told, as soon as Rod said this, I said, yeah, it might be your uncles, but it's my daddy <laughs> with my <laughs> uncles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, the, it's my uncles hanging out together, kicking yeah. it, and this is like on in the background. One's yeah. smoking and one's drinking uh, uh, like a 40 or something, kicking it. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, my uncles are some OGs, man. I came in the house one time, me and my sister, were, we were cracking up. I said, did you hear that song that dad was playing? And it was Marvin C's, I, I Made You a Woman. <laughs> and I said, does mom know that you are playing this song? <laughs> he was like, she know the deal. <laughs> oh, she know the deal. She know You know what? Don't, please don't elaborate. That. I was like, don't, okay. don't elaborate. I don't need to know. Yeah. I, get, I get the drift. Uh, there you go. Uh, Smooth Soul Monday. My man Patrick doing a great job as always. Uh, kind of fits the melancholy mood of the weather outside, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's get to some uh, Sark sound here. Uh, and then as we get to the Sark sound, we'll break down our thoughts about Texas putting Old Testament style, Old Biblical style butt whipping on the Kansas Jayhawk. Uh, that was a, a, a phenomenal, dominant uh, rushing performance by Texas. Uh, we'll get to it, obviously, and break it down. But I want to let's get into Sark's sound from the post game, and then we'll get to his sound yeah. from his media availability. You heard that live right here uh, on 104.9 The Horn. I believe now they've moved. It was like at noon-ish. It moved this week, noon, just for right, this right. week. Just yeah, for the short week. The short week, week and everything. Well, yeah. And hopefully we have one next week. Because if we yeah. have one next week, that means that yeah, we're in the yeah. Big 12 championship. Means, Damn right. Yeah, that means we headed to Dallas. Hey, just I mean, to know, Arlington, we, not to Dallas. We rooting for Jay. Hawks, right? Yeah. Just so y'all know, hey, we we're rooting, rooting for Texas pr- first. Yeah, well, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, we got, we got over 24 hours between games. I know, but you got you, you got to root for the Jayhawks. Otherwise, your Texas oh, yeah. win don't mean a damn thing. Oh, no, no, I'm saying. The Jayhawks but we got to win in Texas or else the Jayhawks win don't mean a thing. That's true. Yeah. All right. I assume the Texas is going to win and take care of business. That's my assumption, but you're right. They need to prioritize that. Uh, but, yeah, man, you need the Jayhawks. The Jayhawks actually beat K-State. Uh, then Texas advanced to the Big 12 title. Uh, if K-State wins, it uh, doesn't matter if the Longhorns win. They can win, but if K-State wins, then Longhorns yep. ain't going nowhere. So they ain't they, going nowhere. So hey, they, Oklahoma did their part in the rivalry yeah. game they did. for us. Uh, took out Oklahoma State and beat the hell out yeah, of Oklahoma that, it State. It should have been worse. It should have been worse. Yeah. 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 That, no, Oklahoma, when they have Dylan Gabriel playing, they're a different I, team. He's a special, yeah. special talent They're, they're the a different team position. when he plays. No question about it. Totally agree with you. Uh, Texas definitely lucked out a little bit not having to deal with Dylan Gabriel. Still think they would won, but they might not have yep. goose-egged him like that. Uh, but I digress. Let's get to the Steve Sarkeesian sound from the post game. I love this uh, piece of sound. He actually also remarked about this in the uh, Monday press conference that the, the 
the game plan was slightly altered or adjusted based on the weather that they were dealing with there in Kansas mm-hmm. and the wind um, that became a factor once you know game time came around. The wind had picked up a little bit, and based on previous experience this season, Oklahoma State uh, probably pops to mind, uh, top of mind, I think, for most Longhorn fans. They decided to shift the game plan and focus the ball on running, focus, uh, I should say, their uh, game plan on running the football, and uh, they did it 57 times. Here's Sark Ooh. talking about establishing the run game with that weather up in Kansas. Uh, it's probably a combination of both. You know, we we, you know, we pride ourselves on running the ball, and clearly last week we did not. Uh, we did not do it the, to the standard in which um, we do. Um, then the elements coupled with that kind of lend itself to, you know, we, we got to have the ability to run the ball. I, I got asked before the game, what do you, you know, what's going to be the key tonight? And my last comment was, Number five's got to show up tonight. You know, we're, we're going to need him in this ball game, and, and he certainly did. He had a heck of a game. He certainly did. 25 rushes hard, 243 yards uh, rushing, four touchdowns, career highs in rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns averaged 9.7 <clears throat> yards per carry. Uh, Texas, uh, he was actually never stopped for a loss or a gain. Uh, sorry, a loss or no gain. He was never right. stopped for a loss or a no gain. So he never had a negative uh, carry in the entire game. Actually, Texas didn't have their first negative carry until 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, 427 total rush yards. Hard's most dominant performance they've had in a couple of years. Actually, last year versus Rice, they had 427 total rushing yards as a team and six rushing touchdowns. And against Tech in 2011, they had 439, but certainly one for the record books. Yeah, definitely one for the record books. 9.7 yards per carry which is unheard of and Jonathan Brooks had 9.8 so I mean it was a good day at the office and 7.5 as a team but here's the thing we got to see a all levels of B. John Robinson running the football we got a chance to see him cut in the hole we got a chance to see him hit on the outside Mm -hmm. we got a chance to see him run through the gut of the defense he made people miss he was elusive in in traffic he did everything that if I'm a if if I'm gonna put something together on a highlight film, this was it. This was the game Damn right. that every you got to see him do pretty much everything. The one thing you didn't get to see him do is catch a pass. That's it. But other than that, you got to see all of Bijan Robinson, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I was happy for him to be able to get four touchdowns in the game. I think the last. Texas Longhorn to have four touchdowns in a game, I think, was Sam Ellinger with his rushing touchdowns. And I think it was Oklahoma, as a matter of fact. But the way that he got his yards was a was a poetry type of game. I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought they did a great job, too. You can tell. Shout this. out to the O-line. Uh, shout out to the O line. He did a great job. As a matter of fact, Steve Sarkeesian uh, will have some sound of him talking about that O line and how well they established themselves. But it was about Bijan. Um, you just said it. He had a bunch of highlight runs. I mean, his full complement of his skill set and the <laughs> really just the extraordinary explosiveness of his skill set because he had so many of these highlight home run uh, runs that he was basically out of the game by mid third quarter. Yeah. And Texas dapping had, people up. Yeah, Texas had already established. <laughs> You know, I think at that point it was a 30, maybe it was like 31 to, to nothing at that point, somewhere around there. But it was totally dominant. Here is Sark uh, in the post game talking about Bijan's impressive runs. Yeah, it was it was interesting because because I had a little bit of a tough angle on the run um, to see exactly what went on. But 
our sideline, you almost felt like it was one of those moments in practice where everybody watched the cut that he made and it was like an ooh and an ah from the sideline as the play was going on still, as he was still running. And so he, he does that a lot, man. He does things that, that we all marvel at. Um, but I thought his competitive spirit sometimes gets overlooked. And his competitive spirit was one. He knew what today was going to be. Uh, and he showed up and he played hard, man. He, he really ran the ball hard. He was explosive. Um, even even the, the run right before the end of the half, you know, leaping over the pile to get himself into the end zone there with one second. And I thought that it just it just shows what he's made of, man. This guy, he loves his teammates, and he knew how important this game was to everybody. Yeah, we all know that defense for Kansas was one of the worst in college football. It goes without saying. I mean, they were going to the game 117th in total defense, 104 in yards per play allowed, 93rd in rush defense, 118th in pass defense, 122nd in third down defense, 103rd in scoring defense. They were terrible. They were a slump buster. That's what I labeled them before the game. If you can't get your offense on track against Kansas, it wasn't going to happen. But considering how dominant Texas was, you're talking about nine. They had had nine scoring drives. They would have eight, I believe it was. Sorry, they had two punts and nine scoring drives. So 11 total possessions and only two punts. And one of those was to start out the game. Uh, But after that, it was was a one-sided, unbalanced performance. Uh, They didn't really focus on the passing game. Uh, It was really about B. John Robinson and how special his talent was. And that really separated them from Kansas. And once he was done, the game was over. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I sit here and you look at it and you talked about the drives. First first series, five plays, 20 yards. Second series, nine plays, 68 yards, a touchdown. Two plays, 28 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 46 yards, field goal. Seven plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Nine plays, 60 yards. I mean, they were so efficient with the football until your point where there's no punts. There's, you know, you, you had, had two your two punts That's in it. the game – and you just sit there and you're like, okay, this is the game that we wanted to see from the Texas Longhorn. And it was a complete game, four quarters, both sides of the ball handling their business. Even the special teams, when you consider Auburn coming out to kick a field goal, he did his thing. Yeah. I mean, he, they I like, did everything. I like the special teams because we saw it. Remember last week we talked about it, guys, we were upset that it seemed like Texas was gambling way too much on the yep, pump blocks, yep, yep, and yep. That, that seemed to be the only element they were trying to emphasize in the in the special teams in the punt game. Uh, well, instead of that, we saw them emphasize the punt return. Uh, they yep. actually allocated resources to the punt return. I was got a glad nice to punt see return that. with yeah. X Men. I was glad. I, I like that. I he seen still that scares me, dog. Like yeah, every, he does, but that one ball, he it looked like he waited till it almost got to the ground hey. and he picked it up. He likes and then to live he, on the edge, and then he hit the corner and got the to corner. the edge, and he then did. he got to the edge. No, I, yeah. I I like that they at least you know gave him a chance at returns rather than try. I'm sure they probably could have tried to block one, but early yeah. on you can tell they wanted to try to get some return yards, and he got himself some short fields yeah. uh, as a result. Let me, let's let's talk about this real quick, and so we're talking about Bijan. So where is he now, guys? Um, how many running backs do you have in? the Longhorn lineage of great backs better than B. John Robinson? Well, I mean, I think there's really only three. Okay. And, and, and Did we talk know, about those two with the statues over yeah, there? Yeah, the two and, with the statues and, who's and the other Cedric one? Benson. Okay, those are your three? That's Patrick, my three. Who, who, you agree with this? Or? Yeah, I mean, and I think he's close to Benson. It's just he doesn't have the wins. Mm. And so, and that's not his fault. But if you can say if he if they have a chance to win a Big 12 title – it bowls you a little bit higher up in it. I think there's some other things, but it's yeah, 
if you can go, man, well, we did okay my freshman year, and then my sophomore year, we were terrible, and then my junior year, we were okay, it doesn't lend the same level of, oh, no, no, but we were competing. We were playing for things, and I was a big piece of that. Yeah, if you're the best running back in the country, can you propel your team almost – Will your team to win? He's not called the place, so I, I can't blame him for yeah. everything. But that was, that, that, was that's, that win was a Bijan win. I mean, I, oh. he was it wasn't the defense did a great job too, but the identity of the offense was purely focused on Bijan and his effectiveness. Uh, and I'm with you. I think you make a good point about the wins. Usually, that's associated with quarterbacks, but he is considered to be the best player on this team, but also the best player at his position in the country. Right and. Yeah, I think it does matter if because we all even Sark said it right when he was talking about the Heisman. He said, "Well, yeah, Bijan deserves to be in New York for the Heisman, mm-hmm. but if we don't win, it won't matter. Because if we don't win yeah. games, nobody wants to put a player on a seven-win team in New York City for the Heisman because they'll basically have the argument that Patrick was making, like, well, you, you're good, but you, I mean, are you no, are you transcendent enough let's to way. lift your team to a higher level of play? All anybody right. has to do is pull up the TCU game, and there's and your only argument is they didn't call enough plays for him." Which is a great argument, but any arg- but anybody just goes, yeah, yeah, no, but this big game that you needed to win, he wasn't, he didn't show up. Well, yeah, and, and it wasn't his fault. You're and right. I agree, right. it's not his fault. Right. But if you just look at the stat line and you look at the production that was there, it you, that's the argument. Yeah, no, and I think. What Sark about you? Almost feel shame. I, I think I think it's just I think it's just right now for me probably two guys. I think it's just Earl and Ricky, honestly. Okay. In terms of just pure running back talent. Okay. Talent wise, yeah. Talent wise, I'd probably go with you. Yeah, if I'm just going yeah. pure running back talent, I'll, I'll probably just go because in terms of overall what they could do. I, listen, said B was great. Said B is awesome. B is probably if you look at it just as a runner, some would say, man, he might have been effective every down runner than Bijan. But I think Bijan as a receiver out of the backfield, that, I think that, that's a, fair. He's going to put that into he's it. He's a better yeah. home run hitter than than said B was. Uh, although I think said said B, if you try to look at it, said B was a workhorse, old school workhorse, and I think Bijan's got that in him. Uh, but that's more of just a sign of the times. Uh, Jamal Charles is probably your ultimate home run hitter, so I don't know if you can say he's a better home run hitter than Jamal Charles, but I think Bijan may be an every, a better – um, you know, just an every down back that Jamal Charles. Uh, in terms you can't of, go wrong with any of these backs. You, you, you make it, no, you're you're making me smile by each one that you bring up because it's like, oh man, we can, yeah, we can put a lot of people and, on that list. And I know we're disrespecting, but the numbers say something else. Yeah, and we're disrespecting Rosie Leaks because I never yeah. saw Rosie Leaks, and I know yeah. Rosie Leaks. Even Earl Campbell said Rosie Leaks was as good as he was. So, so, so I know that Kenneth, too. Kenneth Sims told me that as well. Yeah, and no, I've heard I've heard from old school guys are like, yeah. no, no, Rosie it, Earl yeah. Campbell said there would be no Earl Campbell if not for Rosie Lee. Right. So I agree. At this point, we it's a this is a first world argument yeah, that we're exactly. having. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I I think right now we just have two of them ahead of him. Um, yeah, and he's not done. Yeah, he's not done, and that's the other part. What does he do this week to yeah. add to his his legacy here? on the 40 acres. But I agree with what Patrick's saying, too. And I, I also know that it's not all his fault that that some of the things that happened at this university during his time here were not always great, you know? And, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's not on him, but you're part of the team, and if the team's not having success, then you got to go along with that as well. All the teams that said B was on, they were good football they were. teams. That's they what, were good that's what football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you get 30 yards in a win – People don't go back and go, well, he didn't really help out in that win. But yeah. if you get 30 yards in a loss, hey, man, where were you? Yeah, And, exactly. I, and that's not that's fair, fair because yeah. you're not it's calling the place. Statement. You yeah. don't even get to audible. It is yeah. what it is, though. But it is what it is. It so, is what it is. And yeah. so you can look at it and go, man, if you win games, any of your bad games disappear. 
I agree. And we just remember the good ones. But yeah. if you're if you're, you're losing, the best player on the team, and then you look up, and you got twelve touches for like you said thirty yards. Like, well, it a lot of it's on him, even if it's not fair, yeah. fair, unfair. I totally agree with that. That's a good point. Uh, Texas here says let's have this discussion too, since we're having it, guys, and then we can get back to the yeah. Sark sound. He comes back, yes or no? I say no. He does not come back. I, and by the way, I don't want him to come back. I know uh, Longhorn fans don't like that. Sorry. I'm I, with you, Rod. I'm like, go, 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 man. Go, man. Your go. shelf life is not <laughs> your shelf life is not because what we're asking of you here exactly. is not fair to you because we know we need 30 carries man, from you. You come back here, we're gonna ride you. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, man. We're gonna ride you like a workhorse, man. Yes, we got to. We got to. We don't have to. Yes. So when you come back here, just be, be prepared that it's hey, you know what? 25 to 30 carries every yeah, that, exactly. you know every other game we or see the recipe games. and yeah, yeah I, I think for him given now and you know in terms of the analytics and these stats about the the shelf life of a running back yep, that's exactly and, right and, and how we and, and i think he is exceptionally extraordinary so i i think he actually may you know shatter a lot of those stats uh about running backs because he's just an exceptional guy i mean we've we've watched him do physical things that are you know uh, really uh, other uh, otherworldly, right? You know I mean, that remember he got bent over like a scorpion. I know. So as about, a like, freshman, and then we thought he was going right to break, break his neck, and he jogged <laughs> off the field. Yeah. So he's a physical freak. But most running backs, ninety percent of them, um, they end up falling victim to father time and to the shelf life of running backs. Yeah. And if that's going to be the case with Bijan, I'd rather see him now go get paid for those reps. And I'd rather see him what he can do at the NFL level, absolutely, in his prime without any injuries. Correct, serious injuries so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm down. I, with I mean, that. I think the only thing, and I don't know where he's at in track of graduation. That's but a good point, if too. if he does, if it's important to his family, it's important to him to graduate now. I mean, you can always come back. So it's not a said that you if he leaves, I'm pretty sure B. John's the type of guy will come back and graduate later. No doubt, he just oh, seems yeah. like that guy. Yeah. So I, I don't. It's but I think if he said no, no, no I want I want to just finish this out now, get my degree, and then I'll go because I know the re- the shelf life of a running back is short. So yeah. I know I could be washed out of the league by the time I'm 32, 33, yeah. because I'm a running back. Exactly. And even if I'm the best running back, I can be washed out at 31, it's 32. A, it's a short. It's a short. Even if you're the best running back in the league, it's like being the funniest man on the planet. It's it's a fleeting <laughs> title. It, it's not gonna last you very long. But I, I'm with no. you 100. percent I think he should go because you know because of the shelf life on a running back. But if it's again, if he decides to stay, if he decides awesome. to stay, I, I think. But I think Oof. it should be more about the schooling and not nil. I think if you're going for money, go to the NFL. Like yeah. if it's just nil's get, equaling out, go be a professional. Go be a professional. Yeah, just go be a professional. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I don't know what his uh, academic aspirations are. He's he's, a, he's really bright. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, the few times I've had conversations with Bijan, I've always been blown away. So maybe he does have some aspirations post football. Wants to get a business degree, that kind of stuff. Wants to do that. I'm sure make some connections. I'm sure that helps too here at Texas. But man, I think that Bijan can do all of the things that we're talking about after he goes to the NFL. Right. He can always come back in the yeah. offseason get and, the degree. And it's one of those things, like when you're when you're 21, you think, oh, I really want to win the Heisman because you haven't gone to the NFL yet. Yeah. And so you, there is that part of your brain when you're 21 that goes, oh man, but if I just win the Heisman, I'll be a le- I'll be a legend. You're like, yeah, you can go in the NFL and win MVP, and you're a legend. You're a legend. You can be a Hall of Fame running back and be a legend. Yeah. And nothing's given, but the Heisman's not given next year either. It is. It is. It's also about what your what your goals and aspirations are as an individual player, right? Some guys, they it really matters to them to win the Heisman, so maybe they'll prioritize that over going to the NFL. Um, I'm with you. I'd probably tell guys, hey man, go go make the NFL money, and then we can. 
can we can backtrack and get to all the other accomplishments that you might have skipped ahead of. Right. All your other goals you might have skipped ahead of. We can get to those. I right. will, the degree, we'll come back and get that. I promise you we will. We'll come back and get that. If you want to you know, have a business degree of some kind, we can do all that. Uh, as a running back, I think you have a, you have a different timeline than For 100%. most other positions For 100%. out there. 100%. It's just weird, especially a guy of your caliber. Right. Just, I, and I, and I, we've been talking about the – First day of the draft, right? Mm-hmm. The first running back off the board. Everybody seems to talk about him and what he's done and the abilities that he's shown. I mean, there's so many things that this guy is being left on the table, so to speak. Yeah. And the shelf life of a running back, we all talk about it every single week and how the numbers state, yo, man, go get your money now as opposed to later and coming back to the University of Texas. I know everybody keeps put, talking about, well, he's probably making more money here now. It's different. It's a totally different thing. It's, everything is totally different when you get to the NFL. Rod, you can speak to it better than anybody. Yeah. You know what the life well, is like. It is. I mean, he's making some good money, I'm sure, NIL. Um, but I want him to focus on just being a pro athlete. I want to see how good he can be. As a pro. Exactly. When he doesn't have to do anything else but right. focus on being the best football right. player that he can be. I when agree. He's, he's paid enough money where I all agree. the family is set, where yep. he is set up, where he ain't got to go academics. He ain't got to go to school anymore. Yep. That's not a part of it. He can go in the office. Season when he wants to, but 24 7, Bijan, the best running back in college football, can focus on just being a pro. Yep. And usually your your trajectory and your rate of development, it expedites exponentially when that happens. Correct. For, for a lot of guys. I agree. That's they're hoping with well, him and, too. and if we just talk money, because I know a lot of people are like, well, you can get paid the NIL. It, the money is not about the rookie contract. The money is the second and third contract. Yes, and with the running back shelf life, a lot of them don't get that third contract. So if you can go a little bit earlier and try and get that third contract, that's the big one. Yep. Because yeah. then you're like, oh, that's the difference of with the salary being what it will be, that could be a 70, 60, $70 million contract in five in 10 years, 8, 10 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, no, that's an extra $70, $80 million I can make. So or I, my, run, my, my shelf life runs out that year before. Yep. And now it's an extra $10 million. No, no, no. Your truer words have never been spoken. You're, you're so right about that because you're locked in because of the rookie weight scale now. Wherever you're drafted, you don't, you know, you're going to get paid whatever the guy was slotted before you paid. Yeah. That's the way it works. Your second contract, though, that's your moneymaker. Your second contract. Yeah. And your then your third is if you're really lucky. If you're, and most if you're lucky, running yeah. backs don't get there. No, because they start depreciating at yeah. the yep. end of mm-hmm. the, or the middle of the second deal. Um, we can give you those numbers, but they're pretty scary. We can get to that on the other side. Matter of fact, we're from Sark. We got some more sound from Sark in the post game, and more sound from Sark in the Monday press conference. So we'll play that sound. Also, talk more about Texas' big win over the Kansas Jayhawks. I'll tell you what I'm most proud of uh, Coach Sark for in that game versus Kansas. Really happy about what I think was a, a step for him. Ah. Um, I think step a, a maturation step for Steve Sarkeesian as a play caller. We'll get into that on the other side. Uh, before we do that, let me tell you about my friends over at MyBookie, of course, because it's winning season at MyBookie. That means it's time for you to win big. With thousands of sports books to choose from, you need a platform that's simple and easy to use, like MyBookie. Stream games and live bet while you watch it, so every hit, sack, and touchdown can be another shot to put money in your pocket. Sports betting is intense enough, you shouldn't need to sweat your payouts. Use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, on a deposit of $50 or more and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. MyBookie has a no strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds, prop bets, and contests to fill all of your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Will C.D. Lamb have 
have two touchdowns or will Tony Pollard rush for at least 75 yards this weekend? Build your own prop bets at mybookie.com. It's that easy. Use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge. Bet anything, bet anytime, and bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with my friends at mybookie, you are betting with the best. All right, we come back. We'll get to uh, more uh, Steve Sarkeesian sound from his postgame and Monday press conference. Also, more review of the Longhorns' big win over the Yardbirds. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, well, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to get to Rod's rant of the day. And we'll just continue our discussion about uh, Texas's big win over the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, we were talking about B. John Robinson. We'll get back to that conversation. But one element of the offense <clears throat> that was probably uh, understated, to say the least, uh, was the passing game uh, and the performance of Quinn Ewers. And I thought Sark uh, really humbled himself with this game plan. You know, We had challenged Sark on this show, and I'd been challenging him on Longhorn Blitz to really dial down the deep shots, right? To And we know that Sark loves the deep ball. Uh, chicks dig the long ball, but so does Steve Sarkeesian. Love the deep ball, and he, he had really relied on it to loosen up those rush defenses, right? If you're going to stack the box versus Bijan Robinson, uh, that's really tough. Stacking the box versus Bijan, but also having to defend those deep shots that he was taking downfield. And, you know, prior to this week, you know, he hadn't, well, at least he and the offense, I should say overall, quarterbacks and wide receivers hadn't really been effective, really trying to connect downfield on those deep shots. And, you know, before the game, I said, I'd like to see Sark prioritize getting his young quarterback in a rhythm and in a groove. If you want to take the shots, take them later in the game. But, you know, I would try to decrease the deep shots as much as you can unless they're absolutely necessary. There are ways to scheme open space, all right, to create yak opportunities for guys without just chunking it deep. Now, look, we all like to see Quinn throw them bombs, and it's great when it happens, but Texas hasn't really been effective or efficient throwing the deep ball. So going into the game, that was my challenge, right? Use more of the quick game. Use your RPLs, which is an amalgamation of the quick game and the run game. Uh, use the screen game. Like I'm at Hodge. He's been begging for screens for like a month now, six weeks now, screaming for more screens. Um, and Sark in that game, whether he's listening to us or not, or whether you know common sense just won the day. Hopefully, uh, it, it's you know maybe it's a little bit of both, but it, maybe it's just the latter, right? That common sense won the day. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And that Sark was literally doing insane things. <laughs> like keep throwing the deep ball over and over again, expecting it to hit, and it wasn't hitting. All it was was throwing your offense out of rhythm. And he kept saying, the offense, we just couldn't find a rhythm. You're the DJ. You're the one playing the music. What are you talking about? We ain't got no rhythm. You're the reason we ain't got no rhythm. You're playing this terrible music, man. <laughs> Play some music. We got some rhythm, and then we can be on here getting it on. Well, you know what I mean? Get it in. Get it in. For real. I'm be doing the Cupid Shuffle out in this damn thing. <laughs> Looking good. Everybody on the same page. Well, that's what happened in this game. All right, Sark prioritized the rhythm and those deep shots that took Texas out of rhythm oftentimes. Now, if they hit, great, then, you know, everything goes as planned. But oftentimes they weren't hitting. And it left you behind the chains. It left your quarterback uncomfortable and it left him insecure a lot of the times. He wasn't confident. 
And like I said, it was hard for him to find continuity and chemistry with his wide receivers. We're not in this game. Sark only had two targets. And maybe I'll say Quinn, Sark and Quinn. I'll say both of them. Only two targets of 20-plus yards in the game. Connected on one of them. One of them was a Jay Witt over route, connected on that one. Um, and the other one was that X-Man deep ball. They threw the X-Man. I think it might have been a double move, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go back and look at it. But it was incomplete. It was bobbled by X-Man. It ended up being incompletion. But because you weren't constantly fixated, obsessed, all right, uh, borderline fetish, as Harge calls it, with the deep ball, and maybe you were. Maybe it took the ultimate constraint and self-discipline and self-control to start to go, I'm not going to do it. Maybe maybe he had like a, you know, like a rubber band on and he would pop himself every time he thought about the deep ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, you know what I mean? It's about, yeah, every time, like, no, yeah, don't, uh, do it, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Let's yeah. just run the rock. And every time he popped himself, he reminded, you know what? Just give it to Bijan. Yeah. And maybe he, had, he probably had it written on him somewhere. Like, no, no. Right there where he had the rubber band to pop himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put some Bijan on. Okay. Yep. Put some Bijan on it. And it was a, he had six targets. He had six targets total past 10 yards in that game. That's it. Six targets total. The rest of them behind the line of scrimmage are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He was 9 of 13, and it wasn't a prolific day. 9 of 13, 51 yards behind the line of scrimmage are within 10 yards. But play action passes, he was 5 of 11. Screens, Hart's been screaming for the screams. Uh, well, scream your head off, 7 of 9, all right, on yep. the screen pass. He ran a ton of screams, ton of quick game. Also, Hart's wanted more Jay Witt. And I remember I told you that Jay Witt, organically, if you were going to feature him, which, by the way, they did. Nope. Featured him early on. He had an RPO meant for him early on. Uh, they had that pitch to him on the second touchdown drive. 12 yards of the only pass play, actually, of that uh, touchdown drive. And it wasn't even a pass play. It was literally just a pitch. Um, but it goes down as a pass play. But they feature Jay Witt. And the, and the beauty of featuring Jay Witt organically, naturally aligns with the quick game. He's in the slot, usually your RPO glance. A lot of times that's him. When you run your wide receiver screens, the smoke screens, the tunnels, and the uh, you know and the, the, the tunnel screens and, 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 the, and the bubble screens, all of that is Jay Witt as well, usually. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys where once the ball gets in his hands, He's great with yak yep. yards. He's a running back by nature. Um, so it, Sark actually did prioritize easy completions and high percentage passes for his young quarterback. And that, to me, is a step in the right direction for him. That's a step for him because he, <clears throat> we all know he's, he's got, some, um, got some arrogance to him. Most coaches do, by the way. Um, but he didn't let his arrogance get the best of him. Right. In this game, he understood, you know what, it's not, the, it's, it's not ideal. I always say football and, and, and life are constant struggles, deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. Yeah, Sark wants to be a high-flying offense, very prolific passing game, taking deep shots downfield with the golden arm of Quinn Ewers, opening up his entire playbook and a, and a, and a sophisticated route tree that nobody really can cover because he can make every throw in the football field. That's what he wants to be, but what he needs to be with a freshman quarterback that was regressing and looked like at times like he was drowning, uh, bet- uh, drowning underneath the sophistication and complexity of the Sark passing game. Now, stripped it all down, take away the verticality, take away the sophistication and the complexity of it, take it all down. Let's just give this man layups. Right. That's all they did. Gave him layups all day long. And he, and he, and honestly, I think he performed pretty well. Now, you're asking to do a little bit more. You're going to need him to do more to win games. And even to beat Baylor, it might be a different game plan. But to beat Kansas, there was no need to make the game closer than it, than it was. No, just run the rock, put some vision on it, and let your young quarterback become a game-managing bus driver. Yes. That's what they did. Yes. That's, That's what we've been begging for <clears throat> the entire year. Yes, we got enamored with 
the deep ball. Oh. We got enamored with the arm that he showed. It's the way he went about it. It was like, yes, yes. But the easiest part about this game is knowing how to use your star players in the to the best of their abilities. And you've been saying it since – you said it at the beginning of the season. The success of the Texas Longhorn program is going to mm. be with B. John Robinson. You never mentioned Quinn yours. You didn't know who was going to be. We were going back and forth. We saw it. We were like, oh, we yeah, he's it. probably going to be the guy. But as the season went on, it was just like, just give him the ball, man. Yeah. Get five the ball. Any kind of way that you can get it to him, make sure that he's a part of the game plan at least 20 to 30 <clears throat> touches per game. Yeah. Uh, and you're and here is uh, Sark talking about Quinn Ewers from his Monday press conference and how Quinn managed the game. Uh, to your point, I think it does. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to we're trying to you know build a culture that's about winning. Yeah, that and what do we need to do to win? And for the quarterback to recognize, hey, it's it's 26 degrees, and we're running the ball at seven yards a pop. It's probably a smart thing to do to keep running the ball and then mix in some passes when you can to take advantage of some things. Um, so for him to recognize that, I think does show a lot of maturity. Um, I probably recognize there's a run that Bijan had there, his last one, where he literally Quinn looked and kind of put his hands on his head like, I can't believe what I just saw. So I think everybody was watching the same stuff, you know. And, um, you know, again, hey, are we going to be able to run the ball like that Friday? I don't know. They got really good rush defense at Baylor. So, you know, Quinn's probably going to have to play, and and we're going to ask more of him this Friday than than we did last Saturday. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if this game plan is going to work for Baylor, but you're trying to get the dub against Kansas. It was the perfect game plan for a young Quinn Ewers who was struggling a little bit, and you just want to get him back confident, get him in a groove, and get him in a rhythm, and I think that's exactly what he did. Didn't ask too much of his young quarterback. And I saw things young, the young O-lines actually, I think, benefiting from that too. The game plan also helps them in pass protection. Ball's out quick. Everybody knows where the ball's going. He's not sitting back uh, in the pocket going through progressions. No, it's a high RPO usage, which means the RPO rate's really high. That's a half-field read or just a specific defender read for him. That's easy. The screen game, that's basically quick game. And everything else with screens or behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, very few, only six of those targets went more than 10 yards on field. So there's no progressions. Right. It's just a drop and a simple right. read, get the ball where it needs to be. Layups, baby. Yeah, all day, layups. every day. Yeah. Let's do the layup line. The man, the man's struggling <laughs> with the mid-range jumper. He's yeah. struggling with the three-point shot. Get him to the free throw line. Get him in the paint. Yeah. Let him, him attack the, the rim. Get in the paint. Attack the rim. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, all right, so uh, we, we we got some of that sound. We'll play some more of that sound tomorrow, actually. Um, but, yeah, we I do want to give a lot of props to Steve Sarkeesian. I love that game plan for Quinn Uris. Some people, obviously, still are – critical of Quinn Ewers saying, hey, man, he's still struggling, in my opinion. He is. But if he is struggling, why would you ask him (laughs) to do too much when he is struggling? If he's struggling, this is the game plan here. And trust me, Baylor will force him to do more. Um, And we know he can. We know he can. We just we've seen a, we've, we've seen, seen a glimpse of it. When the bad, what happened to Sark is simple. He got fixated on first quarter Bama and Oklahoma games, and that Quinn Ewers. But young players, and I was like this too as a young player. I'm sure Hard was like this too when he was a young baseball player. They don't have a baseline. Really good young players don't have a baseline. They sh- they show you the upside, 
but they also show you the downside. Mm-hmm. So you'll see. We've seen both from Quinn, right? We've seen the upside, Bama uh, and the Oklahoma game. Like, whoa, this guy, first round pick, done deal. Wow, three years. I guess he's going to be here, and then he's going to be gone. Right. Nope. And then now we see the downside and go, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do. Can Hudson Card get any? Uh, can he a reps couple here? reps here? Please, just yeah. uh, to settle him down because that's you know he has no baseline right now. What you're trying to do for is develop a baseline. And you kind of got to go back to the most rudimentary, like the that kind of more rudimentary basics to make sure that he is developing that baseline with a good foundation. That's why I think a lot of his work hard is going to be in the offseason because a lot of it starts with his footwork. That's like he can't deliver a lot of those passes 10 yards or more accurately down the field consistently because the footwork is erratic. Mm-hmm. You're going to fix the foot. So you got to kind of start building the baseline from the ground up. And right now, I think Sarkis realized he started regressing. Why he started regressing? Probably with the footwork. And then probably with the blue, with the scouting report that got yep. out of him because there was yep. no film on him at first. Now there's film on him. Now we know tendencies. Now we know weaknesses. Now we know strengths. Right? Now we know the footwork's off. Now we know what throws that he can make and uh-huh. which ones he can't make. So, okay. Now we got to go back to the drawing board. And that's why you've seen the regression. It's okay. Yep. We see it with young quarterbacks. Now you got to go back to developing the baseline. The baseline starts with easy, easy, high percentage completions. And that's that's the game plan that we've seen for what is that three weeks now that we've all been saying, why are we keep throwing the throw the deep ball? Take it down, check it down, let it work your way down the exactly. field. It doesn't have to be a home run. We all like home runs, but every once in a while you need a guy to be a singles hitter, and we start building up, manufacturing runs. What I always tell you, exactly hit right. the ball the other way. Let's manufacture something. Small ball it. Let's baby. go small ball. Small that. ball it. Yeah, because you still got a home run hitter. He's just gonna be on the ground. So that's it. It's, it's not going to be through the air. No, nope. it could be on the ground, and, and we saw it this week. Totally agree with you. Yep. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, and like I said it may not be the same game plan to beat Bar- Baylor. But we're talking about week to week. Week. Yep. That's that's what we're doing. Week to week. Yeah. All right. Uh, so all right, we'll get we'll get back to some more Texas football conversation tomorrow. Uh, on the other side, uh, we'll talk Texas basketball. They have a game tonight, as a matter of fact, versus Northern Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. So there we'll get go. into that a little bit and talk about it <laughs> right here yeah. on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful nine the horn. Welcome back <laughs> to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104 Down the Horn. A little uh, Harge karaoke going on over here. It's, bringing, it's, take, it's taking Harge back, I can tell. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. Uh, thanks my man Patrick. Uh, usually it was, I think, the purpose of it was to sue the tortured soul of sports fans who had to deal with their team losing over the weekend. But not the case for Longhorn fans. Not the case for Cowboys fans at all. Uh, not the case, well, kind of the case for Texans fans because they lost, but they're trying to lose. So there you go. Win-win. Hey, number one pick, baby. There you go. <laughs> hey, right now they got it. They got it locked down. I believe that's it right now. Yeah, because the Raiders won. So Raiders pushed back up. So yeah. they got a two-game. They got it locked down right now. They got to do is keep on losing, man. They, their offense was terrible. Terrible. You know what? We'll get into it. Yeah, it's not even worth taking up the time. Let's talk about <laughs> Texas basketball right now, gentlemen. Uh, they have a uh, game tonight. Northern yep. Arizona. Kind of going under the radar here. Now, this is being played in Edinburgh, Texas. Yep. Yeah, it may not be in Edinburgh. It may be in a neighboring city. I'm not sure. Okay. Because they were going to play at one place, but they may Weather. be playing where the MBDL building is because it's a bigger oh, building. I so you. it's a neighboring town so, in the valley. It's in the valley, in though. In that area. This, the, the general thought is that they've done some good recruiting down there, and they have camps and stuff down in the valley. Uh, so 
there's <laughs> they want to keep the the fan the base down there. They want to keep the footprint of UT basketball down there, so they're doing a game down there. And this for is them. the Leon Black Classic. Yes, right. you're at, uh, the, and obviously it's a multi-team event under the late Texas men's basketball player and assistant coach who also served as head coach of Longhorns for nine seasons uh, from '67 to '76. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black passed away at the age of 89 last last year, actually. Uh, but th- that's actually now this game is taking a backseat to the other big Texas basketball news. Yes. In recruiting. Well, two of them. Well, oh. recruiting, number one. Okay, well, get, go ahead. Number, <laughs> they are now number four ranked yes. team in the nation. Good point. You're right. Yeah, so two stories. <laughs> two stories when it Good comes point. to that. After that annihilation of Gonzaga <laughs> on Wednesday night, Damn. they well, And now, then Gonzaga went on to destroy Kentucky. They went and beat Kentucky last that night. That made me yep. feel good, though. Yeah, yep. no, it I, did. Because I think Longhorn Long fans were thinking Gonzaga's going to have a – and they still may have a down year compared with the expectations are, but them looking good versus Kentucky yeah. made Longhorn fans feel better okay. about it. Okay, it wasn't, we, yes. we, it's not, we, it wasn't false. You didn't beat up on some wounded animal, <laughs> yeah, or, right, you know what I mean? Because, right. yeah, I, I think Longhorn fans leaving, even Zags fans leaving, because I got a lot of uh, friends that are Zags fans now because of my wife, and they were all thinking, man, we're going to be bad this year. Yeah, like they, they, so it wasn't more of a, it's, it, now it's more of a compliment to Texas. They were like, yeah. oh no, it's more of ding, a, ding, an ding. indictment on yeah. Zags and how bad they're going to be. No, 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 the Longhorn's going to be really good. Yeah, yep. that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yep. so I'm with you on that. Uh, so that is, you're right about that. That's the uh, XC. But the other one is, uh, Harge, they got a commitment. They did. They got the big man. They got the man, the one that we were talking about last week, about his flash and his dash. A.J. Johnson is now committed to. Now, I need to understand this because I, I think he, they said that he signed his letter of intent. Was this still the window week of them oh, to be really? able to to – Come to the university because I went back and I read the story mm. and it says AJ signs his letter of intent to come to the University of Texas. So I guess that window of where we had guys sign last week and volleyball and basketball players all signed last week. This was I guess it was continuation of the week and he finally signed his national letter of intent to play at the University of Texas. Interesting. Yeah. That's good. Because I thought it was a commitment, and then I went back and I read it, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He actually signed his letter of intent. It's even better. So 6'5". Combo guard. Yeah, combo guard out of Fresno, California. Uh, One of the best players in the country, top 25. One on three has him ranked as number seven prospect. Rivals has him at number nine, and 24-7 Sports has him at 14. And then the composite of 24-7 sports has him at 15. Yeah, uh, says he was just really comfortable around Chris Beard. He yep. said, quote, I just felt really comfortable with the decision because I really feel comfortable with the coaching staff, the people who are there. I can see myself being around them every day. Yeah. There you go. Well, I <laughs> said he signed his letter of intent last week, but he kept it silent until this week. Mm. So that's why everybody was kind of – I know I was definitely confused when all the news broke. And have you seen the hype video that they put together at the University of Texas? For him? For him. No. So they've got where all these people are walking around campus and high-fiving each other after it happened. Oh. And then they go into the coaches' cool. offices, and the coaches all have a picture of him or with him. Oh. And they're like, oh, I can't wait till he gets on campus. And they show his picture. Can't oh, we just can't wait That's to have cool. it. It was it, yeah, it was really well done. Amen. So I was I was very impressed with the way that they did this, and that's the that's the sign of the times now, right? You got to make sure you got a hype video. Man. You got to do all the marketing hey. and the rec- and the recruiting, not the yeah. recruiting, the recruiting. Don't be too proud. Don't be hey. proud about. And it. we may see proud, his man. brother maybe showing up as a few games now too, because he's playing down the road in Houston. Jalen right. Green, right? Jalen yeah. Green. 
Yeah, that's I, I didn't. I, I keep reading that too. That they're uh, like either. So are they actually like step brothers? Like how's this work? I believe they're step brothers. Step brothers. Okay. Yes. All right. Do sure. we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I care. It doesn't even matter. He can be kinfolk, but I just think it's yeah. really cool because uh, yeah, he's obviously got an old basketball soul. Uh, yeah. He's been hanging out with Jalen Green, so that's pretty cool. Um, all right, and we'll get that. We'll get back to some uh, Texas basketball conversation at the end of the show. Obviously, I want to talk about Northern Arizona just a little bit, but I think that big recruiting news probably Trump the Texas basketball game tonight but northern arizona facing them tonight craig ways down there uh even heard they had some some issues they there were some issues there were some issues, there there. Some yeah. issues. <laughs> poor craig man craig craig works hard though man. Yeah. They, they, i believe they, everything is uh smoothed out i believe they got everything taken care of logistically but uh it was yeah it was chaos yeah. for a while we'll right? i will i will tell you that this is how the game is projected to go that there isn't a line on the game for most bookies there is no line at There's all. There's no line. Wow. So when they're not taking bets on the line, that should normally tell you how the game's going to go. Man, didn't they have a line for like it the was 20, U- it was well, it was minus was 26 at one point. I saw oh, it. So, uh, I saw it. They might have taken it off the board. They might have got somebody took it off the board. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Texas. That, that's a compliment to Texas basketball, yeah. though. That's what they're expecting. All right, we come back. We got one more hour left in the show. We'll get into some Dallas Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets, and I'll tell you how bad the Texans offense was in the first half of that game. You're not going to freaking believe it. What? All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.